TFS episode number 113. This is Greg Duncan. And again, the hosts have deserted me. Martin's doing stuff. Paul, we almost tried to get Paul on. He's on a plane right now, still responding on Skype. But we kind of figured that might, you know, have people want to kill him if he was doing a show from the plane. But that would have been cool. That would have been awesome. But instead, like we promised last show, uh, we have a guest, and he's going to be a guest host, essentially. Just not a guest. He's going to be our uh, uh, guest host. It's Derek Keeler is joining us today. Hello, everybody. Hey, Derek. Uh, Derek is a senior development engineer for the Azure Developer Experiences Group, where they build Visual Studio features such as Office and Office 365 SDKs, Connected Services, and Click Once Publishing, which, Derek, you have to remind me. I want to that just, just sounds weird, but uh, back, to your, back to your intro. Derek is currently wrapping, ramping up on his new team and learning how vast and complex Visual Studio truly is. In a prior role at Microsoft, Derek worked as the senior infrastructure engineer on the NFL video app, along with many other video-on-demand sports titles across the Microsoft platform, Xbox One, 360, Windows RT, and Windows 8, 1 through 10. Derek helped his private prior private team, prior team migrate from Perforce Jira, which again, I had to talk to you about, and Team <laughs> City to a Team Foundation Service on-prem. Team Foundation Service. Uh, TFS. On. So Team Foundation Service team is the way I always serve. thought of it. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I don't want to call it Team Foundation Service. No, I got it wrong. That was me. Sorry. Josh Garverick will just, you know, he'll, I know he'll bag on me. He picks those out. Um, and you began to the migration to VSTS just before you left to join the Visual Studio team in Vancouver. Again, Derek, thank you for joining. Thank you for helping us out here today. So it's not just me talking. Oh, thanks for having me. It's uh, <laughs> nervous, but I'm excited. <laughs> well, it'll be fine. You know, we only have, let me see. Um, it'll be my mom listening. <laughs> you know, uh, your significant others will probably be listening. And eh, it's just a few people. And the Rangers. And you already know the Rangers. I know a few of them. Yeah, sure. Oh, well, that's why you should be nervous, huh? Yeah, yeah they're going to they're gonna figure me out now. <laughs> yeah, they'll be all like, oh, jo or, uh, Derek, you, uh, yeah, you talk about me like this on the air? No. No, no, nothing like that. No, it'd be more like, oh, yeah, that Derek guy. Yeah, he's got the face for radio. That's for sure. Yeah. I know that feeling. Exactly why we do audio only. I love it. Uh, so first, let's talk about the news, and then and we'll chat about the stuff that you're doing. Uh, I want to go through the news really quickly. Uh, I'm going to ping you about a few of these items, Derek, just to see what you think and stuff. Sure. Uh, Brian, and at last show, we talked about TFS 2015 Update 2.1 was coming. Just a few days ago, it was released. You can get the ISO and the web installer and it, the, the web installer and the KB article. So that's good that that's out. Uh, we had a team services update on May 9, which was a new work item control, a checkbox. A checkbox. Yeah, we never – there wasn't There wasn't a checkbox, really. No, there wasn't. <laughs> and you know this actually came – I'm totally going off the rails here. Uh, this came up in a Stack Overflow uh, discussion that was going on about T, uh, about TFS and how 2015, and you look at a work item, it, you were immediately shown the web page, not some tool window inside of a VS, and the, and the user didn't like that. And this actually, this control was like one of those reasons that you know the team can iterate so much faster 
and add these kind of things without worrying about the, the different clients and all of them adding these kind of features and stuff. So this is a, a payoff as to why we are going and the whole UI is going to the web. So that's a good thing. I think it's a great thing. Yeah. And I've talked to users at the, my prior team and some other teams that I've worked with across Microsoft. And a lot of the time I'll hear, oh, it's so jarring to go to the web. Like when you click on something in VS and it pulls you to the web. And I, you know, I have to gently disagree with them. It's like, but, but look at all that cool stuff that's in the web that you just, you know, we, we could put it into Visual Studio, but it would be, you know, much longer iteration times and stuff. Whereas in the web, like you said, you can have them, you know, right away. Like this is 2.1 update. This is great. Yeah. You don't have to worry about updating the client. You don't have to, yeah. And just, we, we talked about this before, Martin and I, as to why the web versus that and, and, you know, uh, just thinking about all of those clients and how many times you'd have to code the same thing to show a, a, a silly checkbox. <laughs> it's, it seems trivial, doesn't it? But it, yeah, it's just, it, it can't be. I mean, there's got to be a lot of reasons why the team hasn't, hasn't put this in yet. And I think Brian Harry actually goes in, into some of the reasons why they hadn't, mostly priorities and stuff like that. But yeah, all that stuff is like UX is just not trivial. I don't care what anybody says. <laughs> The, the words that no developer wants to hear. Oh, that should be easy. Yeah, yeah, I love that when people come to write it. Oh, I'll just do it like this. It should be fine. You're just renaming something. Oh, man. <laughs> yeah, it's just one field. Yeah. We're just going to rename the column. That shouldn't be that hard, right? Yeah. It's like, uh. As soon as I see people talking and waving their hands at the same time, I'm like, uh-oh. <laughs> this is going to be expensive. Uh, <laughs> oh, that's funny. John Montgomery also blogged about the Visual Studio 2015 Update 2 update. It's hard to say. Uh, 14 fixes and bug fixes, and they're continuing to add to these. It's kind of like a cumulative update until Update 3 comes out. But there's some nice things in it, and I'll have links in the show notes that you should check out the KB article. There was one item in there that I was running into, and I made sure the rest of my team members installed this update too. So uh, that's a good thing to have. Yeah, for sure. Other, other news, uh, Esteban, Esteban Garcia, mm-hmm. you've got a new Pluralsight course on our favorite subject. <laughs> yeah, I saw that. That's actually kind of uh, fascinating. I actually might want to take it just to see if I, you know, <laughs> there's probably something in there that I don't know about. And I've been, you know, waving my hands at people. You know, I, I, I was thinking the same exact thing, even though I'm our TFS admin here and I've been doing this show for a thousand years now. There's always more to learn, yeah. Exactly. It's the little things that, that you miss. You know, it's like, oh crap, I didn't know about that. So what does he say? It's broken down in he's it's broken down into multiple parts. The introduction, understanding the feature path from TFS twenty thirteen. I think that is the one reason why I need to do this course. Because here on Prem, I'm still on twenty thirteen mm-hmm. update four. Uh, so I, I definitely want to start pushing for 2015, but trying to sell it to everybody inside here who doesn't really understand why. What are they getting? Yeah, what's what's the value? That, I don't understand. I, I, yeah, I know that conversation. I've had it many times, and which is why I was pushing my last place to VSTS. Because then, you know what? It's seamless. It's under the hood. You never know that it's happening, and you're on the latest and greatest. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, um, they talk about the upgrading process. Mm-hmm. They, they talk about building software. He goes through a whole bunch of integrating with uh, TFS 2015, like managing extensions. Oh, nice. so it's very up to date. If you've got a plural site subscription, uh, this is definitely, it must be in your playlist. Oh, for sure. Yeah. I, I, like I said, yeah, I think I might actually take a, take a couple hours over the weekend and just go through it myself. 
Uh, I missed a story. Buck Hodges blogged about uh, if you would like to get SSH turned on for your uh, team services account, you email him. And I'll, we'll have the, the post, which has his obfuscated email address mm-hmm. in it. And if you're a big or you're just wanting to do that SSH stuff, email him and they'll get it get it on early. Have you ever used like SSH in talking to? So in, like, internally and with like with the Rangers uh, VSTS account and with my own as well, I have that stuff turned on and I <laughs> I prefer it to the other ways about going with it. I mean, the Windows Credential Manager is awesome in Windows, but my machine at home, my primary machine at home is Linux. And, I, you know, it's kind of a pain. I have it uh, dual booting from Windows. Windows to Linux, and um, that means I have to turn my machine off, wait for it to boot, and then pick the pick the Windows 8.1 or the Windows 10 installation that I want to work with, and wait till it reboots, and then I can use Git how I want to on the command line. But in, right. I love to stay just in Linux most of the time, so I just do that. And and uh, now with SSH, it makes it so much easier. I've actually learned how to put SSH on Windows and use it with uh, with Putty, and that's that's <laughs> pretty cool, actually. You know, you're making me feel old, Derek. <laughs> one of those old guy moments. I'm just such a clicky guy. That's not, SSH is an old thing, man. I, I learned that stuff back in the 90s. Well, okay, that's true. That's true. <laughs> okay, you're making me feel like a UI clicky guy. Okay, okay, that's fine, too. That's fine, too. <laughs> Uh, I, yeah, totally. I get off the rails. We're, I'm using VS Code, and we're getting started with Angular 2 and trying to get all that up and you know, doing the NPM start and the modules stuff and getting all the JSON files configured. And I'm all like, uh, yeah, well, <laughs> like, God, this is a lot of work. It's going to be a lot of cut and paste because nobody's going to do their JSON files, you know, package.json and all these other files. They're just going to copy and paste once you've done it once. Uh, pretty much, yeah. That's what I found, yeah. Yeah. That's like, I, I, that's kind of good because I was like, "This, yeah, I'm, I'm never doing this again." So I just cut and paste from that point forward. <laughs> um, other things, uh, Gordon, Gordon Beaming, yes, Gordon, I know you're listening. Talking about you, you've got a great Visual Studio Team Services overview video series, and he's got a bunch of YouTube videos here. One, two, I just three, saw one of his. It was um, seven, eight, uh, seven plus the slides. Nice, nice, very. Cool. And, yeah, and he's going again, talking about testing, release management, builds, source control, work item management, team projects, uh, setting up the accounts. Oh, Azure RM, that's the one that I was looking at. I saw this one just recently. Uh, he has one on Azure RM. Oh, okay. Yeah. So Gordon's a great, great guy, too. Uh, you know, we've, he's been on the show a number of times. Um, if you are looking to like get people up to speed again, you can't get a Pluralsight subscription, then you should definitely check out uh, Gordon's videos. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. The price is hard to beat on that one. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I mean, when you're learning this stuff too, like have you found as you were learning TFS and doing all sorts of things, I mean, Pluralsight was great. It had a couple of things in there that helped me. There was a few things on MSDN that helped me, but really it was the community that where I learned all my stuff. And that's how I got introduced to the Rangers. I was watching the Rangers for, for a couple of years before I finally happened to meet Willie at a, a Tech Ready one, one year. And and I was like, you know, I was thinking about being a part of the Rangers crew. I thought that'd be fun. He's like, oh, well, 
just talk to me. <laughs> I say, yeah, we should go for lunch while we're still here at Tech Ready in Seattle. You know, I don't, I wouldn't mind, you know, getting together and just picking your brain about it. He goes, oh, okay, yeah, because I have to go home pretty soon. So I don't know if we're going to have time because we're all very busy at Tech Ready, of course. And, and then he uh, I said, oh, okay, well, you know, maybe we can have a Skype meeting or something like that. And sure. He goes, where, where do you, where do you live out of? And I'm like, Vancouver, Canada. Oh, well, I'm just across the street from you. <laughs> so that worked out pretty well. And yeah, and being a part of the Rangers and, and watching and following all their stuff, that's how I've learned everything that I know about Visual Studio, pretty much. Visual Studio team services and, and team foundation server. I'll get it right this time. Yeah. So and guys like Gordon Beaming and all the other fellows that are out there too, like they've just been immeasurably helpful for me. I've, Paul Paul Hacker isn't a ranger. Is he? He's an MVP, but I don't think he is a ranger. I'm not sure. That's interesting. I just, there is the ranger index page. I could easily go look it up, but I don't think he is. But Paul is also doing videos. Um, if, you, if you miss him on the show, like we miss you, Paul. You're on the plane. Everything goes okay. He's doing a number of videos, both on YouTube and on Channel 9, about – funny enough, VSTS. He's got uh, five of them up right now from Azure Deployment, uh, configuring a build with options, doing the build steps, creating a simple VSTS build, working with agent pools and queues in VSTS. They're all there. And again, they're all free. And his are actually relatively short. They're nice. They're like five and a half minutes, eight minutes. The longest one's about 15 minutes. But uh, Oh, that's good to know, actually. That's that's really wonderful to know. So one thing I also, this new team that I have, nobody knows, uh-huh. nobody knows anything about VSTS. And we're too small of a team to have a build an infrastructure guy. Uh-huh. And so I, I love stuff like this because then I can say, hey, you know, we need a new uh, agent queue for uh, a new product that we're ramping up. Hey, uh, Vlad or whoever from my team, I can say, go watch this guy's videos and you'll learn how to do it. And then in 10 minutes, you'll be ramped up. All right. And you know what? I think, oh, wait, wait, wait. I had one more. I want to talk in vain about Mickey, Mickey Gousset. Mm-hmm. So another co-host not here today, and we won't make fun of him much, <laughs> canceling like 12 minutes before the show starts. But he did cancel at least, so that's good. Uh, Mickey's been blogging again, and that's nice. Uh, Mickey was a great blogger. He's on the ALM Rock site. People have been like kicking him in a little bit. It's like, hey, you need to get back on the, the blogging bandwagon. So he's been doing a lot of uh, ARM items mm-hmm. uh, as a resource manager items and how to like creating an ARM resource group, Visual Studio project, modifying the ARM template. So they're not directly ALM stuff, but that, uh, but it is. I I think it is. Yeah, for sure. Like the whole config is code stuff and all that. Have you done anything with ARM? I am super embarrassed to admit this. But no, I have not done very much at all, other than the stuff that is done under the hood when you're in the uh, Azure interface. Um, with the Dev Test Labs, for instance, like you can extract your uh, ARM template. Uh, other than that, I haven't actually had a chance to make use of it yet. Um, I've, I've had multiple reasons to make use of it. I just not had the time to sit down and learn it and do it correctly. But I'm looking, I'm very much looking forward to it. Dude, there's nothing to be embarrassed about that. Man, I can barely spell ARM, so you're already ahead of me. <laughs> well, seriously, it's going to make life so much better once I master that one, though. <laughs> like, hey, I need to wrap up a whole new, uh, you know, web services, blah, 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 with a database and, and some data storage things. And I want to have a test environment. I want to have an intent. It's like, so, yeah, it's no problem. <laughs> Done in Visual, in Visual Studio. There's an actual project type for it. It's awesome, man. I can't wait 
to be able to check that stuff in and then show show people like actually show people yeah i just checked this in and now we're going to watch it go through the build and then we're going to watch it go through the release management and oh look at that we can ping it now <laughs> that's pretty sweet that that sounds entirely too easy can't be that easy well i'm sure that there's probably some gotchas in there but at the same time you know it's it's once you get it going it's gonna be cool <laughs> just thinking about you know you know the nightmares of setting up new machines and new services spinning up all of the related resources and stuff the that dream behind arm oh man. god is do we have is it do we finally have it right dare we dream <laughs> dare we dream no seriously it's, it's, that's exactly one of those conversations that you'll have somebody will come over a senior dev or or a pm maybe or whatever they say hey, you know we need to set up a, a new environment for this web service and they start waving their hands right oh you know we're gonna call it something <laughs> like this and you know we need it like today sometime oh man <laughs> well with if i could just take the time and learn this stuff properly i know that i could actually probably have way less fear having those conversations <laughs> And you can put it under version control. That's that's I, the king. That's the key right there. That just sounds so cool. It's not like you're checking in your you know, 27 page Word document of version control. The actual steps. Yeah, like it's in yeah, version control. You can't get it wrong now. I mean, you can get parts of it wrong, but you can go back and fix it. <laughs> and and you right. can, and you can see what you did to fix it. So the next time you do it. You can actually go back and look at the steps and say, hey, I did this. And then, I, oh, yeah, what, why did I check that in? Oh, because I was a dummy and I misspelled this or I, I left this field blank or whatever. Yeah, that's I, I'm looking forward to learning that. And I actually have the opportunity to play with this in the next little while. So I'm really looking forward to messing with it. Awesome. Awesome. And I, I'm, I, my fingers are crossed here at my day job. Uh, they they actually mentioned the Azure word, the A word. Uh, it's like <laughs> the A word. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I work in the legal industry, and in it's called e-discovery. I'm a litigation service provider, and we do e-discovery. And that's just, you know, the legal industry has been one of the slowest. Uh, people to move to the cloud because all the clients are all scared that their smoking gun data is out in the cloud. It's not locked in some closet where you need, you know, three oh, keypads and the secret password to get in to see. I hear that all the time from, uh, I'm from Alberta originally. If anybody knows anything about Canada, Alberta is the, um, the oil center for Canada. So mm -hmm. we have a lot of oil companies there. And I hear the same thing that you're talking about from oil people. <laughs> it's like, oh man, you know, we don't want to have stuff up there because, or, you know, somebody can get a hold of it or whatever. And we don't know if it's going to be in a data center in America or if it's going to be in Japan or wherever it's going to be. It's like, oh, seriously, get over it, man. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I just saw that like this week they announced that there's an ad, there's a data center spinning up in Canada now. That's right. Ooh, go Canada. Yeah. Yeah, it's so, going to be a cool thing, I think, actually, to have that up here. I think that will probably allay a lot of those fears that we have up here in Canada for our medical industry as well as our oil industry. I think it's going to be a big opportunity for ALM rangers and for MVPs and all sorts of cool people that I know. Yeah, but, and there, but the people are starting to come around. Even our people here, we're moving to Office 365. Uh, I think our email is moving there. I kind of really hope so. Nice. Uh, 
and we talked. I talked about that at, at last show. So, I'll like you guys know, Office three sixty five, as in the cloud, right? They go, like, yeah, you know, Office three sixty five. It's not here, right? And they're going, yes, Craig, we know it's not here. It's in the cloud. I'm like, okay, fine. It hasn't happened yet, but it's- yeah, yeah. So you just kind of look it up through the side of your eye. <laughs> but we got. Cool. The- <laughs> I can log into the portal, portal at office with my work AD. So they've definitely got it synced up, oh, and they're. Nice. they're- forward through it uh, i get a really ugly error when i try to access mail there but uh, it doesn't matter but they're, they're moving it forward and then today an email they're talking about spinning up a new uh, dev and qa uh sql servers it's like oh we don't have the room in our data center but we're looking to spin that up on azure it's like, mm. wha- wha- crazy talk dare to dream buddy seriously yeah. it's uh, it is the world that we, i want to live in for sure like hey oh i need all these massive resources like right now and that would normally take me six months to procure, just a heart right. for it. It's like, well, well click. <laughs> there you go. Give it about a minute. It's coming. You know what excites me more about beyond that uh, is that you can tie it to an accountability, like a billing statement. You can actually see the real cost. When you have the data center, the, your IT guys are like, oh, we need to spin up this box. And we, you know, we don't know what we really need. And, and trying to put uh, you know, dollars to CPU cycles and to storage and to all these other things and the network bits and them trying to justify upgrades and, and, you know, not be a cost center. Everybody's, everybody's spending money on IT. Now, when you move to the cloud or even like Azure Stack or, or some of these other services, you can actually put hard dollars. Yeah on a project's uh, utilization and all those zeros and ones, both on the development side with the man hours, as well as the true cycle and bit and storage. Uh, that, I think, is more exciting almost than anything else. No, Beyond it's awesome. the cloud. Yeah, it's totally Click awesome. on stuff and spin it up. And- yeah, like, it just exactly that. I mean, you can have an account now for VMs for your users that they can use however they want indiscriminately. And you can say, hmm, you can only use $1,000 a month. And after that, it's going to shut everybody down. You can actually do stuff like that now. And your entire team can just wrap up Linux VMs at work and play with them however they want. And, and once it hits the cap, then it's done. And there's not a, not a single IT person other than the person who sets this. I'm talking about Azure Dev Test Labs here, but um, not a single IT person other than the person who configured the lab itself first that has to have their hands in there. It's awesome. I know. It's like, I, I, I can't believe this is here. This is, <laughs> <laughs> well, enough of the news, Derek. Let's talk about you. It's all about you. The show is the Derek Show. So I think that's our title. This is the part of the show that's going to get super boring. So <laughs> anybody wants to just check out now, I think that's cool. Well, we'll make it a drinking game. And every time anybody says ALM, you know, you have to have a drink. Oh, go get, uh, give me a second. Oh. I'll go get my scotch. <laughs> <laughs> I have it sitting in my... <laughs> That's like, dang, I'm at work too. Oh, well, oh, get out that flask, you know. Well, then give me a pass. Oh. I'm on a radio show. Of course I'm drinking. <laughs> I know it's noon, but whatever. Well, it's yeah, after five somewhere in the world, so we're good. That's right. This is a distributed team. <laughs> uh, so just these are like some standard things that I like to talk about with our, our guests and our guest hosts. Um, what What's like some one, just like one of the one, the one coolest thing. That comes to mind that you've done. Mm, like I said, this is going to get boring, man. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the coolest thing that I've ever done in my career. I was editing ARM template. No, no, sorry. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, let's, yeah. let's talk about bitwise shifting. <laughs> no, the uh, coolest thing that I've ever done. I'm going to talk about tech stuff, though, specifically. Okay. And it was. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah. 
it can be anything at this point, actually. Just what, what is the, you know, have you climbed Kilimanjaro or? Uh, <laughs> okay, all right. Well, then yeah. I'm going to have to go with, uh, well, I travel to Asia quite a bit. That's a really cool thing that I just love about my life. Uh, uh-huh. I live in Vancouver. I can go hiking on a mountain and take the bus to do it. Um, <laughs> and I do that, actually. There's a place, if you're ever in Vancouver, there's a thing called the Grind. It's one of the mountains that are on the edge of the town. And uh, it takes about, I don't know, an hour to get up to the top, hour and a half if you're not entirely in shape. And uh, it's an exercise resume. It's like Stairmaster or whatever. Uh, It's a boring, mundane thing when you live here because it's there and everybody talks about the grind. And uh, I I love that, man. I get up first thing in the morning. I go out there. I climb up this mountain. I have myself my workout for the morning. And at the top, I get to have a coffee and look over the entire lower mainland. I see ocean. I see mountains. I see snow. I see trees. It's... It's a breathtaking, really. That's one of the cooler things that I do in my life, anyway. But one of the coolest things that I've ever done, probably have to go... Oh, I just haven't done a lot of cool stuff. I really haven't. Um, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I'll have to get back to that one. If I think it's something All cool, right. I'll, I'll interrupt you. But I, I'm, I'm oh, sure okay. I'm not going to be interrupting you. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh, were you born in Canada? I was, yeah. I was born in uh, Calgary, in Alberta. Yeah, I have my uh, mom. And mom's family is from Canada, so I, I have Canadian blood in me nice. somewhere. We used to make the right? trip. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we used to make the trip, family trip up to. We'd go to Vancouver every so often, and then and drive to the Calgary Stampede. And uh, oh, nice. Banff. We used to go to visit Banff and uh, you know, take the the sky cart thing up to the top of the hill and be in the snow and stuff. And uh, yeah. Yeah, Banff is a cool place. I have family there too, so we've spent a lot of time in Banff. Actually, it's it's, uh, it's an amazing place. I love it. So, even though your life is obviously not cool, very boring, <laughs> it's completely months. not cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it's fun and Go it's ahead. fantastic and it's exciting and enthusiastic about everything that I have in my life. But <laughs> cool factor, I don't know if that comes into it. Uh, maybe I can't think of anything though. Uh, what what gets you up? What makes you jump out of bed and say, you know what? I am glad it's morning because I get to do this. this. Yeah. Um, well, I love I love being able to implement a new system, something that's never been done that I get to ramp up uh, for the first time. So one of the things that used to really get me going in the morning actually is when I would know that I was going to bring in a new team for a new product, sorry, a a new team for a new product. And I was in charge of the TFS server, much like yourself. And I knew that I was going to have to create new tooling and I was going to have to create, like incorporate old tooling, but in a new way. And it's going to have to configure servers and I have to configure everybody's stuff. That's the kind of stuff that I really love doing. Um, The other stuff that gets me out of bed is like, oh my goodness, I have so much to do. (laughs) 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 Yeah. Yeah. And going and seeing in that mountain. I I like getting out of bed, going doing that mountain. Yeah. Yeah. How long have you been in the ALM space? How long have you been doing this TFS stuff? Uh, I started back in about 2011. Okay. The beginning of 2011. That was when my daughter was born. And that's right when I took the role. And I I was really struggling, actually. I was a game developer. And I didn't want to be a game developer so much anymore. I, I mean, I loved it. It was fun, rewarding work. But it was... I didn't feel like it was enough anymore. I wanted to do something that would help more people. Uh-huh. And I was really struggling with that. And I was asking my wife one day, I was talking to her and I said, you know, I don't know what to do. My biggest dream when I was in university and high school is I want to work in the games. And, and now I've kind of accomplished that. I've had some success there, I, but I have no idea what to do now. I don't know what to do with myself. And my wife being the smart person that she has always been, 
You remember back in university, you'd come home from work, come home from school, come home from work some days because I worked as well, and then you'd be tired as tired as heck, and you'd go down onto the the family computer because we only had the one, and you'd be on there, and then I would watch you struggle for hours getting the thing to boot up. And I knew the days when I came home, I would watch your head bob and duck as soon as I walked in the room because I knew that way I knew that you were you've wrecked the computer, and I'm not going to have a computer for the next three days. <laughs> <laughs> what were you doing when you were spending all that extra time on the computer back then? And she nailed it. It was it was uh, systems and um, I, I was I was installing and reinstalling Linux and reconfiguring it and rebuilding the kernel and rebuilding Ap- Apache and figuring out how to do that in an automated way. Then I moved on to NT and I did it. I just did it so many times: dual booting, triple booting, whatever, all those sorts of things. I just loved it. She goes, "Okay, well, find a role that will allow you to do stuff like that." And so I did. I found build an infrastructure. That was the name of the role at the at the time. And it was it was glorious when I finally made that <laughs> switch. And and ever since then I've just like that's I just want to work in the ALM space, in the developer tooling space for the rest of my life. <laughs> Wait, so let me let me make sure I got this right. Yeah. So you were a game developer. You were a coder doing game stuff like the dream that most every like line of business developer thinks that they want to do sure and then you 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 put that aside and you became a tfs admin an infrastructure guy an <laughs> it guy more or less yeah <laughs> what we do is way more fun than game guys. i'm just gonna go on and let me say that and way, the reason i believe this is because making games does not equal playing games uh-huh. <laughs> and i love to tell that to people because they're like yeah you must play games all day sure you do but that's your debugging <laughs> <laughs> that's different that's, than playing a game. That's when it's work. Yeah. You know, you've seen that same level eighteen thousand times. That's right. Yeah. Oh no! If you want to, if anybody ever wants to take me up on a game of skate, Electronic Arts skate, anytime, anytime, I will take you down because I know exactly how. To... <laughs> yeah. Wow, that's pretty cool. So, and and then so you went from that. Uh, I'm kind of jumping off the rails here, but uh, blah, whatever. Uh, rails, like we have rails. Uh, from the infrastructure TFS admin guy mm-hmm. to DevDiv. Ah, uh, my dream. Yes. And so what are you doing there now again? I know I just read it, but uh, you're a senior development engineer. What is what is a senior development engineer? I don't know. I'm going to have to figure that out. <laughs> um, no, I, I think it's the guy, who, the guy who's responsible for the stuff that nobody else can do or wants to do. Or should have to do. Snort laugh. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I just hear that so much from people at Microsoft. It's like, yeah, I don't know what that is. That's just, yeah, you know, software developer in test. I don't know. SDET, uh, whatever. <laughs> uh, so are you developing? Are you actually writing code? Are you engineering the code? Are you driving the train kind of engineer? <laughs> no, nobody will ever give me the keys to the train. That's just never <laughs> I don't think that's in the cards, but, but no, actually I'm still figuring it out. I've only been in my new role for a couple months. Um, and it turns out like I had all these big plans. I couldn't wait to build visual studio myself on my laptop. I couldn't wait. It was going to be amazing. And yeah, no, I'm still figuring out how to build anything. I'm still figuring out how to affect the code base. I'm still trying to figure out who to talk to when things go awry. It's a, uh, yeah, it's, it's fascinating. So actually, what I'm, the team I'm working with, this wonderful team that I've uh, joined, is the Azure, uh, I believe our, our, our official title is the Azure 
developer experiences team here in Vancouver, mm-hmm. where we work on Office 365 and other good stuff. And uh, yeah, it, it is developing, a little bit of developing. I am, I'm going to be responsible for fixing bugs and, and implementing new features. I'm going to be responsible for uh, making use of some of my ALM um, background and skills to improve the process for the team. That's actually a big deal for me. I really want to uh, make the turnaround time for uh, a, like a bug fix and um, ensuring the quality is there at the same time to happen in much less time than it does today. Gladly and, and happily, there are on VSTS today. So our team is all fully on VSTS, just like the rest of DevDiv. And uh, yeah, they're, they're making use of the, the build systems. They're making use of the release management systems. It's it's pretty cool place to start. There's a lot of... Um, legacy code, as, as you can imagine with such a legacy right. code base, that we can clean up a bit here and there. And we own parts of it that'll be be nice for me to fix or, or to improve, I should say, not fix. Um, but uh, yeah, that seems to be what my role is going to entail. It's a little bit of development and a lot of process impl- improvements and, uh, and things like that. Is there cut from build and, and sitting on the outside as, as I am, uh, I see Azure, I see Office, Office 365, all of these things, the momentum continuing to pick up. Public acceptance of using Azure stuff in you know, Office 365, like we've already talked about it um, a lot. Uh, is, is the team ramping up to that? Are you feeling that excitement um, in the team? Well, like I said, I'm still getting to know what everybody's getting excited about and jazz about and stuff like that. But what I uh-huh. am seeing in terms of exactly what you're talking about, like this acceptance and this um, process improvements that are going to be giving people value faster. Um, mm-hmm. I think Visual Studio is coming from a place where it like shipped every couple of years. And there was an update every six to eight months or something like that. Well, today, you know, we have updates at least quarterly. I think it's even more than that now. And uh, and pretty soon it's going to be. I mean, now with add-ins and stuff like that, it, you can update your tooling whenever you want. Right. And that's the kind of honestly, to tell you the truth, that's the world I want to live in. I want to live in a world where Visual Studio can update itself tomorrow. If we get some user feedback that says, "Hey, this is this scenario has gone broken. What happened?" Right. Like, oh, just give me a second. I'll, I'll get that. Get right on it. Huh. That's where we're headed. I, I, we're going to get there. I don't know how fast it's going to be, but I, I can't wait to live in that world. That's going to be really fun to get there. I I totally agree with you, but there is you know let I me mean, put on my in my my Scrum you know user story as a user. I would like to be able to select multiple um, extensions and tool updates and have them install. Uh, at the same time and not have to reboot in between or restart Visual Studio between every single one. So it is easier for me to keep all up to date. Yeah. So <laughs> I was just doing that today. I, I was like, I had Visual Studio uh, 2013. It had been a while since I opened it. I opened it up and I had like 27 different updates that I had to install. So like, ah. Uh, yeah. And then you install them and you have to hit the restart now. But yeah. Uh, exactly. It's like click on this one, click on this one. And then some are web platform ones. It's like do this and, you know, deal with the GAC and, or the uh, UAC. And it's just, it, it would be nice if you could just like batch them. Absolutely, yeah. Or if it could just even better yet, like have it running in the background somehow. Or uh, there's so many ideas out there that these guys are going to be working with. So I, I don't know what we're going to land on, but right. it, it, at the very least, if we can get to a part where the the cadence is faster, um, 
so that we can turn around on bugs and bug fixes, then we can start to deal with the other problem. Like this, <laughs> this other problem that you're talking about is actually a good problem to have. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the unintended consequence. Now everybody has a whole bunch of add-ins, and they're all updating them all the time. Like the NuGet one, I swear there's an update like every day for the NuGet package. That's happened quite frequently, doesn't it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like, oh, I just updated it. So yeah, the, the auto-update would be awesome. I mean, everybody's used to that. When Visual Studio first came out, we would have gone insane to think about an auto-update. But we're so used to that with our apps now. And yeah, absolutely. There was oh, I just talk about a brain fart. Um, but oh, oh, I know. What I wanted to ask you now. You can't tell me this. You can't. You can't answer this uh, because we're not an NDA show or anything else. But I, I would just. Well, I was going to say, don't tell me what to do. <laughs> but, but NDA, okay, fine. <laughs> uh, you know, one of the biggest whines that I am hearing. Why? In God's name, did they call it, it Visual Studio Codename 15? You know, the new version that they're, that, that they're just visualstudio.next? They just did a release this week of Visual Studio quote-unquote 15 preview update 2. Is there a codename coming? Can you, <laughs> can you even answer that? I hate to tell you the truth. I don't know. I haven't got a clue. Uh, that would be probably a couple of levels above me for sure, and maybe a little to the right in marketing. But <laughs> I don't know why they made that choice. I have no idea. But uh, it's so confusing. Yeah, I would have thought they would have fixed it by preview two or by now because everybody complained about it at every every build demonstration. And <laughs> yeah, I don't. I, I have no answer for you there, unfortunately. Sorry. But yeah, the, the only thing that I'm having trouble with, and I've always had trouble with, is dev. So visual. Studio for what is it? Eleven is two thousand and twelve. Yeah, yeah, two thousand thirteen. That confuses me. Yeah, I actually understood that, and I understood that's where the fifteen came from because it's you know that's the branch name. That's where they you know uh, if if you look at the actual version number versus the the model number and that kind of stuff. But most people, and it's still if this was if the last version was twenty fourteen. And now they come out with "quote unquote" fifteen. That would have worked. What's going to happen when they release twenty? Let me see. It would be twenty seventeen. Well, I guess they'll always be like a year ahead. I don't know. I don't know either how it's going to work. And, and honestly, you're, I've talked to many people like you too. They're not confused by it at all. Like that's a version number. That's the you know the name Visual Studio twenty fifteen right. is, is the name, and fourteen is the version number. Uh, it's just a, it's a problem with my slow brain. That's all it is. <laughs> Yeah. So we're 40 minutes into the show, and we don't really like to go uh, too long. So we've got about 10 minutes left. Um, I did want to – is Click Once still like a going thing? I know it's supported, and it's still there. Do you know anything – uh, yeah, it's still it's still there. It's still being used. It's actually used uh, within enterprise quite a bit, I think. Uh-huh. Um, I, I I don't know. I've used it myself in my own career. It's actually quite handy when you're coming up with a custom bespoke tool, um, being able to manage updates for your users and stuff like that. Right. But I, I, could, I couldn't tell you numbers about how much it's used or anything like that. But uh, yeah, I'm, 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 actually, I see it around. I see it all the time, actually. So yeah, yeah. Well, it's cool just to know that it's not, even though it's not the darling and the shiny, but it's not been in put in sustenance mode or servicing mode. That there's still it's still see, yeah, it's still there. It's still working really well. I mean, I I think it's just one of those things that they kind of made it and they made it right, and it just keeps working. <laughs> and so it's yeah, it's not sexy or anything. It just gets the job done. <laughs> So uh, the other things I wanted to make sure we talked about Microsoft used Jira. Um, okay, well let me make a quick, quick distinction. So Microsoft okay. uses all sorts of stuff. Um, okay, but 
the team that we were in was a studio, a game studio, where we were using Jira. And it was okay. a game studio that was in uh, an independent studio here in Vancouver, BC. Uh, okay. And it was purchased by Microsoft. Uh, okay. And when it was purchased, we had all these systems in place, and, and that's what we used. And then as we progressed in our uh, in our Microsoft tenure, I guess, um, of course, we started to incorporate, when new products would come in that we would start, we would incorporate the Microsoft stuff um, mm-hmm. as opposed to taking on the old infrastructure and improving it. And so, yeah, we, we used Jira, we used TeamCity, we used, uh, I actually, I actually was responsible for bringing in TeamCity at the time because I didn't know any better. I, I came from a gaming background at other companies outside of Microsoft, and that's what people use. They use TeamCity or uh, another product called, um, oh, I can't remember, an open source uh, build system. I can't remember that. Eh, whatever. Anyway. And, and Jira is, is a common one as well, and unfortunately, right. I hate saying that that word in this particular forum, but it is, it's just the reality and perforce perforce is very big in the gaming community as well. So we used all three of those things. Okay, good. Well, that's good. That's okay. That, that works out. That's totally makes sense that you were there. Uh, and were you acquired? Were you were part of that studio when it was acquired? No, I actually started okay. uh, when it was already a part of Microsoft. It had been a part of Microsoft for six or eight months or something by the time I got here. Um, but yeah, and then I was I was a as I said I was a game dev for the first bit for the first year that right. I was here, and then after that I switched my role to building infrastructure, and that's when I took over this other stuff and brought in Team City, and then you know a year later took it out again. <laughs> <laughs> so, and that was all. So I started with my TFS stuff back in 2011, late 2011, I guess, or no, no, early 2011 with uh, TFS 2010 and Visual Studio 2010. So. Being in dev div, and, and you're saying, you know, can you actually see the Visual Studio code? You said you wanted to. Yeah, it was one of your big things. I'm going to compile Visual Studio. Uh, yeah, I can see the code. It's awesome. Wow. Yeah, it's it's fascinating. Like the first thing I did as soon as I got into my role, got my new desktop, got everything put together, is I was like, okay, where's the code? I want to grab this thing. And you know, some people kind of looked at me like, of <laughs> course you're going to be in the code. This is not a special thing. Why are you <laughs> smiling so much? <laughs> and, and so then I, yeah, I got access to the code and I downloaded it and I, I immediately realized, oh my goodness, there's a lot of stuff here. <laughs> and it is, yeah, it's a big project. Wow, how awesome is it? Is it just that? feeling it sounds like it's just from somebody who's basically was on the outside like we are going in and now you're seeing that well let me tell you it was like i said vancouver canada there there is a a campus for microsoft in vancouver today it's called the microsoft canada excellence center it's here in granville street in vancouver and it is a big very microsoft style campus this Mm -hmm. just opened this year so this is this is new uh, so back five years ago, six years ago, we were just a studio on BD Street someplace in Vancouver, and and uh, we were our, a kind of an island to ourselves. There was another another game studio and the floors in the same building above us, but we were essentially, that was Microsoft in, in Vancouver at the time, as far as I know. I think there were some other satellite teams, but I, didn't, I wasn't aware of them at the time. And uh, yeah, we were completely disconnected from Microsoft in Redmond. Hmm. And to find new, find out how to grab things and to collaborate with other people like until you go and forge relationships with people down in Redmond it was very difficult to do so so I felt very much like we were like like the MVPs who are not a part of Microsoft today um, I felt very much like we were on the outside looking in sort of thing Um, and so I just 
did whatever I could to change that. So I went down to you know conferences and to talks and to meetings and whatever I could get my hands on to go down to Redmond and meet people um, so that I would be able to learn the stuff, specifically when I got the TFS. And then I really started to try to ramp up my um, my connections into Redmond so that I could right. learn this stuff better. And uh, yeah, it's, it's made it's made a huge difference. And now, like I said, we have the MCEC up here in Vancouver. Now I'm part of Microsoft. I feel very much a part of Microsoft. And so now, fast forward for six years, and I'm sitting here <laughs> looking at the Visual Studio code base. Yeah, I, I never in a million years imagined that this is where my life was going, and I am ecstatic. Now that is about the coolest thing. <laughs> it is pretty cool, actually. Yeah. Yeah, if we're going to be dorking out on stuff, then this is, Yeah. <laughs> this is it. So I can't let uh, – we have to talk about the NFL thing a little bit. Sure. At least for, for a couple of minutes. W- what is it uh, – so you did it there at that studio. Um, that's where you guys built this? Yes. Yeah, so the studio's name is Big Park, yeah. It's, uh, okay. They're still around. They still do stuff for uh, NFL and for ESPN. Oh, sorry. No, I think ESPN is done now. I, I, it's, it's, things have changed radically in the last couple of months, mm-hmm. so I, I better be careful what I say. I don't want to misspeak for Big Park, but they're definitely in charge of NFL on Xbox One and Windows 10 now. Yes, Windows 10. And uh, they do the app, and yeah, it's, it's a video-on-demand uh, app with a lot of interaction to it. And this, uh, if you're a football fan and you've ever seen anything about uh, the Windows 10 ads on that, that particular front, you'll see the next-gen stats, which are pretty cool. And that was our team. We did that. How, how cool is that? <laughs> well are you a sports guy i am so, so not a sports guy oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> i am the worst person to talk about sports but i can tell you pretty much how you know all the different things we put into it because i saw it mm-hmm. but w- whether or not it's cool that's all leave up to the sports fans <laughs> uh-huh. but uh, from what i've seen from what I, the, the channel nine video that has something on the nfl there and right. and all that sort of stuff like it does have a little blurb in their video about us uh, talking about the next gen stats actually, if I'm not mistaken. And cool. I'll, make sure, I'll put that in the show notes. Yeah, sure. Go for it. Yeah, it's pretty cool, actually. And, and I have to say, like, I, we had a little team thing going for, uh, what's that called? Football fantasy. Every, every year we had uh, one of my good friends, Dave Koenig, was, uh, he, would, he would run it, and, and he, uh, <laughs> he would always make sure that I was part of it, even though I had no idea what I was doing. I actually did pretty well, though, considering. I mean, I think I, the year that I let it auto-pick me was my worst year. And the other years that I that I would actually pick the players based on some stat that probably meant nothing, um, I actually did pretty well. I never won anything, but I, I got did very well. But I have to say, the the Xbox client for Final uh, Football Fantasy, I thought that was really cool. Being able to watch during a game, watch your stats go up and down, was pretty pretty neat. And what's it like just writing this stuff for a console? Is that is it dramatically weird, different, or is it you're just writing one code base and it's just the target is just there and you're deploying it on multiple things? Uh, it, it's oh, it's definitely definitely a different style of development, or at least well, it was, and I think uh-huh. it's starting to converge more and more now that we're running Windows 10 on Xbox, right? Uh, right, Windows 10 on Xbox One. I th- those things will start to converge somewhat, but there'll always be a difference. Because especially with games, you're always trying to squeeze every bit of performance out of the code that you're writing far more than you are with. Uh, sorry, I shouldn't limit this to consoles because that's true of PC <laughs> games and and everything else as well. Um, but yeah, game game writing is more focused on performance and memory footprints and speed of loads and speed of graphics and all that sort of neat stuff. So there's always a lot of different th- things that you think about when you're a game developer than you would necessarily when you're writing something that you know creates a Visual Studio 
uh, project. <laughs> There's different implications when you do things. <laughs> well, Derek, I hate to say it, we're running out of time. What's a good way for people to uh, find you? Find me? Oh, well, that's tricky. I hide. Um, <laughs> no, no. You can actually probably, if you're talking about development and stuff, LinkedIn is always good. You find me up. Uh-huh. Um, there's, uh, I'm on Stack Overflow, and that's pretty much the two best ways, more than likely, I guess. I'm on Twitter as well. It's, I'm, I'm like 12 years old, so all my tags are D3R3KK. You can pretty much find me anywhere with that if you're on Twitter, if you're on uh, Stack Overflow. I think that's my name there too. And Steam, if you're on Steam, I think that's my, my username on there as well. Um, and yeah, there you go. LinkedIn, I think I used actual Derek Keeler. <laughs> and I'm on the ALM Rangers blog as well. I'll have that updated here pretty quick. But uh, okay, I'm there as well. So if you guys want to reach out and talk to me about anything, go ahead. Awesome. Uh, before we go, before we wrap up, I, I do want to do a shout out. We got two, we got two emails. No voicemails, but two emails. Uh, Peter, I want to thank you again uh, for reaching out and saying thank you to us. And uh, Dave Shaw, uh, he gave us, we asked last show for your old guy moment. And he's not an old guy, but he's working on a system that uh, uh, may give you old guy moments. It's called Mumps, which I had, yeah, I had to laugh because (laughs) I had not heard of Mumps since 95 or something. So yeah, his... I'm not an old guy, but have old guy stuff made me have an old guy moment. So kind of like a double whammy there. I think I've actually even heard of bumps. <laughs> Isn't that crazy? Uh, but Dave, thank you again. Thank you for the email. And Derek, I want to, again, thank you for coming on the show. Made it much better since everybody else, all the other hosts, uh, I'm talking bad things about you. Uh, no, that's why they that's why they give me the big Radio TFS bucks to do this. No. <laughs> nice. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but again, Derek, thank you again for coming on. We really appreciate it. I, it was a great show. You did perfect. I don't know what you were nervous about, man. I Like I said, you were great. So. Well, you know, for all those people out there who are going to be listening to this on the commute home, on the train, have a nice nap. (laughs) There you go. And if you want to tell us about your map, your map, your nap, uh, email us at radiotfs at outlook.com, Twitter at radiotfs, Facebook slash radiotfs, voicemail. Remember, if your voicemail, if your message is, you know, safe for work, we'll play it on the air. 1425-233-8379. Thank you for listening and we'll see you next next show.